Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's February 13th, 1988, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. To this day, the film Cool Runnings remains one of the highest grossing sports comedies of all time. But even though it was based on a real life story, serious liberties were taken in bringing it to life, so much so that the film's director, John Turtletaub, said in a later interview, you could never get away today with the changes we made to the true story. Well, what is true is that against all the odds, Jamaica fielded its first ever bobsleigh team at the Winter Olympics in Calgary today in history in 1988, but pretty much everything else you think you know from the film is pure Hollywood fantasy. And the team was really the brainchild of a guy called George B. Fitch, who later said he estimated that the amount of truth in the Disney movie was about 1%, possibly because he doesn't (laughs) appear in it at all. Uh, He had been posted to Kingston, Jamaica for several years as the US Department of Commerce's man in the Caribbean, where he developed an admiration for the country's athletic excellence. And in autumn 1987, he was working now as a consultant. He was in Kingston and supposedly quaffing a rum with his tennis partner, another US businessman called William Maloney. The two of them started pondering what would happen if Jamaica were to spread its sporting excellence out and target some of the less competitive sports, notably the winter sports and more specifically the bobsled. And the reason that they decided on the bobsleigh was that they thought it would be the most familiar to Jamaicans given the popularity of the country's annual pushcart derby, which is an event where competitors race on a kind of like wooden forklift-like carts that street vendors use. They thought, well, it's not too different from that except it's incredibly different from that. It's happening at like 100 plus miles an hour and it's happening on ice and snow. And with this brainwave... They then went out searching for participants to be Jamaica's first bobsled team. Sort of like a Svengali assembling a boy band. And initially they had no applicants because it was obviously a crazy and dangerous idea at which no one in the Caribbean had any experience. (laughs) But they persuaded their friend who was an army colonel to recruit within the Jamaican army. And then therefore you had people who were athletically fit but also were sort of under orders to give it a go. So the team initially was comprised of Dudley Stokes, Devon Harris and Michael White. But Stokes said that he was actually on holiday at the time when the order came down. He got a phone call from his unit instructing him, not asking him, to try out for the box cart trials to test his capability for a new sport. He didn't exactly know what. And he said himself, the orders came down the chain of command to me as an order and I didn't think I had choice and so I went. And in another really telling aspect of the early part of the story, early support cash came from the Jamaica Tourist Board. So I think there was this sense that this is just going to be a good news story. It doesn't matter how good or bad our athletes are. We just have to get someone to be sitting in a bobsled going down a hill at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, their coach was another American, Howard Seiler, a former Olympic bobsledder who would kind of in the film be morphed into John Candy's Irv Blitzer character. Although while he plays a disgraced bobsledder, Howard Seiler was not a disgraced bobsledder. He was a, a, a graced bobsledder who had a perfectly, a perfectly respectable career mm. and wasn't accused of 
cheating at any time. He started training the team. Now, there were only six months to go till the Calgary Winter Olympics. So they headed up to Calgary with a couple of other guys they'd recruited to the team, Caswell Allen and a guy called Freddie Powell, who doesn't seem like he was ever fully committed. He was more of a reggae musician. I think he mostly brought like a bit of colour and personality. He was great in press conferences. They travelled to Calgary in October to start training and to actually get on a bobsleigh for the first time. And as well as learning how to actually be a bobsleigh team to be eligible for the Winter Olympics they had to have run in a World Cup race which they had to squeeze in in December and they actually came in 34th and 36th out of 41 which I think actually isn't bad It's mad they beat anybody I mean these were guys (laughs) who had been trained by pushing a makeshift sled up and down a concrete strip in the evenings and the only experience they had of anything like this was Stokes who was a helicopter pilot who'd been trained in Britain at at Sandhurst. Yeah, I think it's a really good advertisement for military training, which suggests that you could kind of get a military-trained person to do anything physical and come out really acquitting themselves fairly competently. It's an interesting point, that, because Dudley, uh, recently speaking to Newsweek, talked about both that and the comparisons with the Disney movie. He said, aside from the many differences in plot... (laughs) The real-life experience was harder. It was tough and gritty. It wasn't much fun. And there wasn't much laughing. As far as I was concerned, I was the ranking officer there, and I needed to get things done. Yeah, I saw an interview with Stokes where he said, it was a brutal existence from your eyes open until your eyes closed. It was so intense what these guys were put through. And that's kind of spoken to by the fact that even when they arrived in Calgary, the team started conducting test runs on a frozen lake. But immediately a mishap led to an injury for Caswell Allen. Yeah, when they arrived in the Olympic Village, the team decided they should also compete in the four-man event, which they hadn't actually trained for, and they didn't have a four-man sled. And so Fitch later... They didn't have recalled, a fourth man, crucially, because they just lost Yeah, him. well, <laughs> yeah. So Fitch later recalled, I told the guys, let me just point out three problems immediately. <laughs> We've never really been in a four. Two, I'm totally out of money and no one's going to loan us a sled. And three, I only count three guys sitting around in this room here. (laughs) Because at this point, Freddie Powell had dropped out, Caswell Allen had been injured, but not to worry because Stokes had a brother, Chris, who was a champion sprinter and Olympic hopeful training at the University of Idaho where he was a student. Let's give him a call. He arrived a week before the event he had intended to come and watch as a spectator cheering on his brother. He had never even seen a bobsleigh. During that week, he got a crash course in all things bobsleigh. They also managed Literally. to persuade Canadians <laughs> to lend them a four-man bobsleigh to actually use in the race. Which is an extraordinary origin story for Chris Stokes. He is now president of the Jamaican Bobsleigh Team Federation. So to think he was just roped in is absolutely extraordinary. <laughs> Some of the stuff that you see in the movie is true in the sense you hinted at it there. They didn't have much money, so they had to hawk records and hats and t-shirts the jamaican bobsled t-shirt was a much sought after item of the winter olympics in 1988 to be able to make it to calgary in the first place the song that they released their anthem was called hobbin and bobbin and then what really lit the fuse was the fact that the u.s ice hockey team was eliminated partway through the olympics which meant that american television stations really turned their focus to the jamaican bobsleigh team in the four-man event because already you'd had this pretty good news story going on and they were just keen to follow what happened next 
And that brings us to today in history when the team embarked upon their legendary run. The wheels came off, as it were, in the third of the four runs in the four-man event as they went around the Kaisel, which is kind of a stomach-churning 365-degree loop in the track. They have never raced as a four like this before, and it was really hard to calibrate the speed because obviously you had the additional weight of having two more people in the sleigh, and they'd never used the sleigh before, or they borrowed it from the Canadians. Stokes lost control of the sled approximately 85 miles per hour. It flipped onto its side, scraping them heads first for several hundred metres along the track. And it's horrifying looking. I mean, you're watching it thinking, if you don't know that there's a happy ending, God, these guys could have just all broken their necks and be paralysed. That's what it looks Mm -hmm. like. And they didn't carry their bobsled over the line like they do in the movie because that is virtually physically impossible to do. (laughs) It weighs half a tonne. But they did walk to the finish line and they were sad. I mean, you know, it's presented as this kind of heroic moment where they, they soldiered on, but actually... They were all, like, destroyed that they'd just been wiped out in this really embarrassing way. They didn't see it as a victory at the time. Yeah, and Stokes has said he was nervous about how all of this would be perceived back home because there were many who already saw this whole venture as what he called a lark, a rich pursuit of privileged people, and he feared that the crash would be seen as, like, the result of arrogance or hubris. But instead, it actually increased the frenzy around them. The the daringness of of trying to compete in that four-man event was widely seen as an example of typical Jamaican pluck, and Jamaicans really thought that that was kind of what made the story. Which is why it was so weird for... The whole team, I think, when eventually Cool Runnings came out, becoming, in the process, hugely popular. It grossed over $154 million at the box office. But, you know, for them, it was sort of telling their story, but it sort of wasn't. And it was sort of a joke on them and the whole notion that Jamaica should field a team in this particular sport. Yeah, and this isn't a simple case of Hollywood disnifying the story when an inspirational thing has happened in real life and so executives intervene and want to make a movie out of it. In this case, in a sense, the executives were Maloney and Fitch, who from the beginning had created the story. They did it because they always wanted to be part of sport and they genuinely were living in Jamaica and had admiration for Jamaican people and the Olympic spirit. But it was them who sold the story You know, they knew they were constructing a story Mm. they could sell to Hollywood afterwards. But, in a sense, The Last Laugh was on Disney and Cool Runnings because all four of the men who crashed went on to compete in future Olympics. And nowadays, international broadcasters, particularly in the United States, always show the Jamaican bobsled team because all these decades later, people still love that story. Mm. They're never in the first six, which is normally what you'd have to be in to be featured on the telly. They peaked in 1994 at the Lillehammer Winter Games. The Stokes brothers were part of the four-man team, which finished 14th out of 30, to general astonishment. And although the Olympic luck has not been great in recent years, Jamaica still has an Olympic bobsleigh programme, and young Jamaicans continue to find their way into the sport. And I think it really is a great example of the fact that, you know, it's kind of a nature versus nurture thing. Although the climate and culture of Jamaica had shown absolutely no signs of a nation crying out for a bobsleigh team, (laughs) the cool running story and its legacy proves that you know you can sporting excellence isn't just about aptitude it's about investment which is why i'm starting up a podcaster's darts league (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow two hollywood women together commanded a loyal audience of 75 million readers and radio listeners ditch the ads and get a sunday episode when you join club retrospectors patreon.com slash retrospectors